In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. I happen to be very proud of that young lady right there. It's my daughter, Faith. I love, uh, I love family moments. And Christmas, Christmas really is that opportunity for us to come together as family. You know, in the story you just heard, I want you to understand everything changed on that night a little over 2,000 years ago in that small little village outside of Jerusalem called Bethlehem. Everything changed. And, and that might feel like a big statement to you, but for the world and for humanity, it was as if the light was turned on in a dark world for the very first time. Everything changed. And yet, even though everything changed, some people missed it. Some people missed it. And, and here's the problem. We are all capable of missing things even when they're important. Have you ever done that? I know I have. I'm guilty of this. Uh, a number of years ago, I made the mistake of forgetting that it was my wife's birthday. That's not something you want to miss. That's not something you want to miss. But all of us, even in the important things, we are all capable of missing something important. And in Luke 2, the story you just heard, it, it sets the stage for us to understand the significance of what that night was all about. A Savior was born for us. His name was Jesus. But something else happened the night that Jesus was born. What was that? A star appeared in the sky. A star. 
Many of us, we've, we've heard the story about the wise men, and, and maybe what many of us picture is that night the wise men showing up, but that's, that's not actually what happened. The wise men showed up a number of months later. On the night that Jesus was born, that star, it rose in the sky and it set these men on a journey. And friends, here's what I want to encourage us with tonight. Don't miss the light. Don't miss the light. You see, you might be asking, well, Tyler, if if the wise men went on this journey and they finally showed up to where Jesus was months after he was born, why are you going to talk about that on Christmas Eve? Well, it's because of this point. The light of Jesus is still shining. Not only that, the light of Jesus is still shining and it's still leading people to receive life. It's still leading us to to encounter him for who he truly is. And so tonight I want to read from that story in Matthew chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2 it says this, that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star. Come on, can you say his star? We we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, He was deeply disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So he assembled the chief priests and the scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And they quote from Micah. Micah is a prophet in the Old Testament. In Micah chapter 5 were written these words. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler. There's some king language right there. Out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. For those of us who know the story, that was not Herod's intent. In fact, Herod wanted to destroy Jesus. And history actually recounts that Herod had a tendency to destroy anyone, even some of his own family, if he saw them as a threat to his power and his throne. Herod sends the wise men on their way. And after hearing the king in verse 9, they they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them. I love those three words. There was something about this light in the sky. It, It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. 
As we read this story, most scholars think that these magi, these wise men, were more than likely from Babylon. And if that was the case, that was over 800 miles from Jerusalem, meaning it would have taken 40 days to make this journey. That day that that star rose in the sky, for some reason it it triggered something in their hearts to take this journey, invest their time, invest their money to go on this pursuit to see this one who was born king. With them they brought gifts. And because there's three gifts listed, we often think, just like we sing about in some of the Christmas songs, that there was three wise men. But scripture doesn't say there was three. There there could have been three, there could have been six, there could have been 60. We don't know how many there were. But scripture is specific about the gifts that they brought that day. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, the gold, it, it was a representation of Jesus' royalty. In this time period, if you were to come before a king or a ruler, you would bring gold. You you would express their value, their worth. You would show their significance. The gold was a reminder that Jesus truly was born king. It's his royalty. The next gift that we read about is frankincense. And this represented Jesus' deity, his deity. In the Old Testament, frankincense was used in worship and offering to God. And so there was this acknowledgement, this one who was born, yes, he's man, but he's more than man. He's, he's actually God, God in the flesh. And finally, we read that they brought myrrh. Myrrh was a reminder of Jesus' humanity. Throughout the Old Testament, myrrh was associated with the anointing of man. And later on in the Gospels, we read that myrrh, it shows back up when Jesus is hanging on the cross. They offer him something to drink, and it was mixed with myrrh. After Jesus died on the cross, it says that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they prepared Jesus' body, anointing it with myrrh before placing him in the tomb. You see, even in these gifts, it was this reminder that, yes, Jesus, he was born king, But his king and his kingship was to actually die for us. He was the one who was born as our savior king. Yet the question that I've wrestled with the last couple of weeks and thinking through the Christmas story once again in my own life, I found myself asking, how did the wise men know? Have you ever wondered that? If they're 800 miles away, detached, disconnected, How did they know? What was it about this star that took them on this journey? What was it about the light that actually led them? Well, we know that magi in this time period, they were well acquainted with religious writings of other cultures. And so these men would have understood some of the prophecies from the Hebrew Old Testament. And in the book of Numbers, we read about a man named Balaam. And he gives this prophecy in Numbers 24, verse 17. Balaam said these words, I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. A star, can you say star? (laughs) A star will come from Jacob, and a scepter will arise from Israel. 
Written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before this moment, there was this prophetic word given that a star is going to rise about this individual that, that Balaam, he, he could perceive, but it wasn't close right now. He, he could kind of understand, but, but it wasn't present. And not only that, there would be a star, but there would also be a scepter. What is that? That's ruling language. That's, that's kingly language. See, what's the significance for us today? Christmas 2023. Well, that light of Jesus, it's still doing a few things. Here's what I believe. His light, it draws us. It draws us. Much like the wise men, when they, when they saw that light and it drew them, it compelled them, the same is true for us today. And yet the question is, are we seeing it? I want to encourage you, don't miss what God is trying to show you. In a moment, we're going to light candles together and, and more than just a religious tradition, allow that candle and the light on that candle to be a fresh message for you about the light that God is using to draw you to him. Don't miss what God is trying to show you. You see, there's irony in that story in Matthew chapter two. I don't know if you caught it. Because the wise men, they, they show up in Jerusalem, in Israel, and the people who should have seen it, who should have understood it, they completely missed it. It, it was plain and simple. They even knew some of the Bible answers, and yet they completely missed it. And yet somehow in that same story, the people who were far away from a distant land, they saw it. But they not only saw it, they responded to it, and they were drawn by it. In fact, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, we read these three words that this light, it led them. You see, the reality is we can only be drawn by light if we see it. And I, I recognize that there's a few ways for us to miss being able to see a star. We should get this, especially for those of us who live in Washington, Right? Have you ever noticed there's a few ways to not see stars? What, what's one of the ways that we struggle with here in Washington? Clouds, right? How many of you, you've ever thought, I'm going to go out and I'm going to see some stars, and then you walk outside and you're like, no, I'm not. I live in Washington. Right? You see, what, what clouds are, they're basically just something that gets in the way. And here's what I know, is that the light of Jesus is shining, but, but how many of us, there's, there's some clouds, not not literal clouds. There's just, there's stuff that gets in the way. And it's, it's hard to see the light that, that God is wanting to shine, wanting to reveal, wanting to use to draw us to him. But at times, clouds get in the way. I learned a, another thing that sometimes prohibits us from seeing stars. A few years ago, I was down visiting my parents. They lived just outside of Phoenix. And I was asking them, why on earth is your neighborhood so dark? There's no street lights out here? Like, what's going on? They said, oh, the, the community, they continue to vote down any fake light at night because the people want to be able to see the stars. See, another way to miss being able to see a star is all you need is to have your life flooded with fake light. This is why at times it's hard to see the stars when we live in the city. Why? It's not that the stars aren't there. It's just that there's so much fake light. And here's what I know. 
There's a lot of fake light in our world. A lot of distraction, a lot of things that, that get our attention, get our energy, and yet, yet though we might want to see the true light, are we being prohibited by fake light? There's a third way to, to miss the star, and that's just simply not paying attention. I don't know about you, but, but I know I've been there. Maybe we're just not paying attention. We're just, we're just not looking for it. But I want you to think about these words from Isaiah. Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus was born. And God spoke to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 60. And listen to what he said about this light. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth and total darkness the peoples. But the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. Nations. Can you say nations? See, Isaiah already understands through, through God speaking to him that it wasn't just going to be those who were close, but distant nations, distant people, nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. Raise your eyes and look around. They all gather and come to you. Your sons will come from far away. Oh, friends, this is good news because some of us, we might feel like we are in the distant land. We might feel like we are really far away from God tonight. But if you will just allow his light to draw you to him. See, for those who are far away, your sons will come from far away, your daughters on the hips of nursing mothers, then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will tremble and rejoice because the riches of the sea will become yours and the wealth of the nations will come to you. Caravans of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah. All of them will come from Sheba. They will carry gold and frankincense and proclaim the praises of the Lord. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, hundreds of years before men from the east would go on this journey and bring with them gold, frankincense, and myrrh, God already prophesied this is what's going to take place. See, the light, it draws us. It draws us. You see, pagan outsiders were drawn in and yet, if you notice in the story, political leaders, they're outraged by it. And then the religious leaders, they were indifferent to it. Here's why this matters for us in Christmas of 2023. What this story reminds us of is that all are welcomed. Not only are all welcomed, but Jesus himself will light the way. He will light the way. Today, we, we need to understand he was born, yes, to be our savior, but also to be our shepherd. And we can either receive that truth or reject that truth. But here's what I believe with all of my heart. If we are willing to be drawn by that light and take that journey, we end up finding joy. Why? Because when we find Jesus, we find life. And that's the source, friends, of true, lasting joy. And this leads us, much like it led the wise men, to a place of worshiping Jesus, worshiping him for who he is. You see, his light, 
it draws us, but also don't miss this, friends. His light, it changes us. It changes us. When you get in the presence of Jesus and you let his love meet you, it changes you. I don't know if you caught this, but there's something significant that's said about the Magi in the very last verse I read from Matthew chapter 2. It says this, that they returned home by another route. They went home a different direction. Can I encourage you with one simple thought just moments before we head out of this place? Don't go home the same way tonight that you came. I'm not telling you to take a different route driving. I'm talking about changing the direction of your life. Don't go home the same way. You see, maybe you've been serving Jesus for a long time. Don't go home the same way you came in tonight. Let there be a new adoration. Let there be a new awe. Tonight, maybe you feel like you're the one living in a distant land. Maybe you've been in the distant land of discouragement or you're, you're in the distant land of addiction. You're in the distant land of, of feeling like you don't belong or there's no way that God would ever love somebody like you. But that's why the message of the wise men are so important to us today. Because these outsiders simply saw a light and they responded to the light. And that light led them to the truth of who Jesus is. And friends, tonight the same opportunity is available for each and every one of us. The light of Jesus is still leading people to receive life. Tonight I'm going to invite us to do something before we light these candles. Would you take a moment and bow your heads with me? I want to give you a chance to reflect, but also to respond. Maybe tonight you feel like you've been in that distant land. Maybe you feel like you're a million miles away from God. And yet tonight, even as I was talking about the light that rose in the sky so many years ago, in a, maybe in a very similar way, you, you feel like there's a light drawing you tonight. It's the light of Jesus. You see, his love and his grace, friends, it, it draws us to him. And no matter how far you feel like you are from God, the good news is, his light still shines. And he's welcoming you. He's inviting you to not only see his light, but to respond to his light. You see, in the coming hours, many of us, we're gonna gather with family. We're gonna gather with friends. We're gonna open up gifts. But today, there's an opportunity for us to receive the greatest gift that's ever been provided for humanity. And it's the gift of forgiveness. It's the gift of grace. It's the gift of salvation, knowing that our sin is forgiven, our debt is paid. Tonight, across this room, maybe you're here and you'd say, Tyler, I, I sense that longing. I, I sense something drawing me to him. Friends, that's his goodness calling out to you. And tonight, across this room, if you're in this place and you say, Tyler, tonight I, I want to trust Jesus. I want to put my trust in him. I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want a fresh start with God. Tyler, I'd, I'd love 2024 to look a whole lot different than 2023 did. Friends, it starts by receiving this incredible gift called forgiveness and grace. 
It's only found in Jesus. If that's your desire tonight, can I invite you to just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, that's me, Tyler, because in a moment I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for those of us who we want to experience that fresh start. We want to experience that forgiveness and that freedom through Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can put those hands down. I want to take a moment and pray. Jesus, thank you for the significance of this moment. I thank you that your light is still shining and it's still speaking to the hearts of men and women to to come to you, to experience you, to receive life that's found only in you. And God, I thank you for friends who raised hands tonight saying, God, I want a fresh start. I want to know that I'm forgiven. Tonight, I want to put my trust in Jesus. Lord, thank you that scripture reminds us if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Life Center, can I invite us to say this prayer out loud with those who raised hands tonight? Let's come alongside of them. Would you say these words? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision tonight? Listen, if, if you prayed that prayer, I would love for you to take a moment and just grab one of these Connect cards. You can fill it out as much as you're comfortable. And tonight on the exit, you can just leave it on your seat. Our usher team will grab those. But we want to help you move from that decision to walking every single day with Jesus. We're committed to that here at Life Center. And so tonight, I'm going to ask the team to bring the lights all the way down. And I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet carefully. Parents, for those of you who have young kids, and if they have a candle... We're trusting you. We're trusting you. But here's what I know. Tonight as the room is dark, there's many times that this world can feel like a very dark place. And Maybe that's where life has been for you recently. Maybe you felt the, the darkness of discouragement or the darkness of depression, the darkness of worry or anxiety. And though the world can feel very dark at times, here's the good news of what Christmas is all about. A light came into the world. And it's not just some symbolic light or some metaphorical light. It is Jesus. Jesus actually is the light of the world. You see, no matter how dark this room is, all you got to do is look and you can see this light. And no matter how dark life gets for you in the next week or the next month or the next year or the next decade, all you got to do is look for the light. His light will never stop shining. But in order to see the darkness transformed, this light, it's got to be spread. You know, what I love about the light is in all of our advancements in technology and all of the things that mankind has been able to do, no one has ever been able to create a flash dark. It doesn't exist. Why? Because darkness is simply the absence of light. But for those of us who have the light of Jesus, 
it's not enough for us to keep it for ourselves. We have to be willing to share it. So we're going to share this light throughout the room tonight. And as you share this light, I want you to notice the impact and the transformation that begins to take place. The environment begins to change. The atmosphere begins to change. Things begin to become clear. And so let's allow our lights to share the light with others around us. light in front of you. Maybe you've looked around at our world the last couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of years. 
you wonder, how, how do I continue to navigate forward when, when life sometimes feels dark? All you got to do is come back to the light. And understand, the light is not you, it's Jesus in you and through you. We are not the source of light, friends. Jesus is the source of light. With that in mind, I want us to sing one final song as we prepare to close this moment out. Can we sing, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him? His light is still changing us. Life Center, I have one final thing to say. Merry Christmas. Would you carefully extinguish that candle? I want to say thank you so much for joining with us tonight for Christmas Eve. Listen, families, we have great things planned in the foyer. Don't forget to stop by North Pole to grab some photos with Santa. God bless. We'll see you real soon.